0: Hey, gentlemen, welcome to the Resolute Podcast, where we build better men. I'm your host, Vince Miller, and we are podcasting to you today from my home in St. Paul, Minnesota. I am so excited that you're listening, whether it be the first time or many times that you've ever listened. Uh, Today, we have a great show for you. However, I do want you to know if you'd ever like to speak with me or reach out to me or have a topic you'd like to see me address, I will probably address it by the way. You can reach out to me at vince@bresolute.org. At That's vince@bresolute.org. I would love to speak with you. Currently, we're in a series that we have entitled Overwhelmed by Fatherhood. Well, because fatherhood is so easy, right? It's never overwhelming. You know, I love the lineup for the series. Today, we have a good friend, uh, one of my close friends, Kent Evans. from Tennessee. He oversees a ministry entitled Manhood Journey. I'm pumped to have him with us today. And today we're looking at the topic of the father that stays with it. So you stay with us and we'll be right back with you. Hey, Kent, welcome to the show again.
1: Thanks, Vince. Pleasure to be here.
0: Well, you know, I've, we've had you with us uh, for a number of episodes, and uh, you're on the top of the list of some of my favorite guests. Uh, I know that uh, not only the ministry that you do, but the family you had have have become incredible teachers for you along the way. Uh, you've got a family of five boys ranging from 21 down to...
1: Yeah, from twenty on the nose down to four years old.
0: Wow, lucky you, man! You've got a, you've got a quite the quiver there. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, it is. Uh, now, you know, I think this particular podcast we really want to talk about the battle that we're in regarding uh, staying with it. You know, I think fathers sometimes get so overwhelmed they just kind of want to punt. And and you and I both know that the National Institute of on fatherhood has a lot to say. About fatherless homes, it has a lot to say about the abdication of a father's role in a home, even engagement, uh, lack of it, what, what, whatever else is out there. And there's a lot of challenges I believe that men and fathers face. But we are also called to stay in that battle. Uh, from your research and from some of the, some of the studies that you've done with men, uh, this is a place where we really need to be encouraged, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of dads, and me, myself included, there are some days where I feel like a failure. I mean, and I'm not saying that just to come across like I'm humble on a podcast. There are some days when I blow it. In fact, ironically, just the other night at dinner, my two, my 15- my and 17-year-old were retelling the story of about five years ago. As my 17-year-old says it, when I launched my 15-year-old into the wall, I was so angry with him. Like mm. – I was a total jerk, and so I'm not saying like some kind of oh yeah, I occasionally blow it. I, I've blown it, and there are, there are dads out there I know who feel like they blow it every day, and they feel like failures. And we 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 need to realize that we just can't give up.
0: Right, and and I like it. We we need to stay in the battle. We need to stay with it. We shouldn't give up. In fact, Galatians six nine focuses on this. This is a great text. It says, "Let us not become weary in doing good." for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And I love the condition at the end, if we mm-hmm. do not give up. Uh, tell, tell us, what are, why do fathers need to hear this so often? Are, are, are we a failure a lot of the times, or are we just <laughs> feeling like a failure?
1: Well, here's the thing, right? If you put me on a basketball court with LeBron James— now you, your readers or listeners can't see me, but I'm like a really short white guy. Yeah, like, so you're I'm, no contest, and, bro. <laughs> and I got nothing. So if you put me on the court, okay? Now, and I want your, I want the dads to listen in. If you put me on the court and you said, "Beat LeBron James at basketball," I absolutely will fail 100% of the time. Like there's, I will never ever beat LeBron James at basketball. But if you tell me, get on the court and just stay on the court. We don't care what you do. You don't gotta score. You don't gotta keep him from scoring. Just stay on the court. Then all of a sudden, I've got a fighting chance. I mean, it's just a 90-foot box here. Can I just stay on the court? And so here's what happens. In our scoreboard-driven society, especially for men, we wanna look at our families like a game we have to win. And if we're not winning and we're not putting points on the board every two minutes, we think we're failing when in reality, God says, hey, man, you just stay in the game. Just stay in the game. I will score the touchdowns. I will remove all the sin from your life. I will show you wisdom. I will teach your children. I will be a father to the fatherless. You just Stay in the game, and so what happens is the reason we feel like we're failing is because we think it's all up to us. Mm-hmm. We, we think we think God's put us in this position as a dad, and now we got to be perfect. We got to walk on water. We got to make a million dollars. You know, mm-hmm. no, wait a minute. We're keeping score of the wrong things, and that's part of the reason why we feel like a failure.
0: Okay, that is exceptional. And that is drawing so much out of me right now that's helping me to feel just even a little bit of confidence about going forward as a father. What I especially enjoy about what you said is the fact that we do play this comparison game of win and loss. It's either we've won or we've lost. And it drew to mind for me, Kent, the fact that sometimes when I'm at home, I find myself comparing myself with my wife's Wins on the court. Staying with your metaphor, I think that she often wins more of the time because her approach is a little bit different, because how she handles things, she's more hospitable. She's present in the home more, she makes more sacrifices. And there have been moments that I've kind of feel like a failure because I'm like, can't I get a win in the game? But you're saying to me (laughs) that maybe the bat, maybe I'm looking at the game the completely wrong way and i need to see my role in the game and really christ has won something here already for me i have a specific stewardship role of this family and i need to look at that differently is exactly. that correct and I,
1: i'll give you a great example from my own family because i think you're spot on and so <clears throat> when we watch a sporting event right uh, you eventually figure out how people score you know, you know, a basket goes in the hole or the soccer goal ball goes in the net or a guy gets touchdown. So you start to figure out, oh, I know when things are a score. I know what a loss is. You know, if I say to these guys listening right now, you know, he ran it for a loss. They all know what I mean. They all get it. Now, for me, I'll tell you what happened. Real brief story. When my boys, two of my older boys were like roughly 10 and 8, something like that, maybe 11 and 9, my younger one decided to jump off a stool, landed on his head in the basement, knocked out cold. We thought he broke his neck. There's panic in the house. I wasn't home at the time, and my wife called the EMS. Turns out my second oldest son was fine. No problem. He just knocked himself out. Now, that night, I come home from work, and my wife starts retelling this story. When she retells the story, she looks at my older son, who was roughly 12 at the time, and she says, wait a minute, Alex. When the EMS got here, you weren't down in the basement anymore, but you had been when Jeremy got hurt. Where would you go? And he said, oh, I had gone up to my room. And she said, why? And he said, to pray for Jeremy. Mm. Now, that's a 12-year-old boy. That's a 12-year-old boy. Here's what I want your dads listening to hear. We have to learn to spot the victories and the touchdowns. Mm. So like that was a major spiritual victory for my 12-year-old son. That's like dance in the end zone, high five. We just won the Super Bowl because he had learned to pray for people who were in need. Hmm. Now, would, would we be as excited about that happening as we are him getting a full ride scholarship to a D1 college for something? Hmm. And so what we've got to do is spot the wins. Hmm. We've got to learn to spot those wins. And when when your son pitches in and helps his mom with the dishes without being asked. That's a major win, bro. Yeah. And so there's a there's probably a lot more victory laying around the feet of our fatherhood experience than we notice. And I want to help these dads listening, start noticing the wins, man. I think there's more than you think there are.
0: Well, and, and you're, ch- you're changing the game for me right now, Kent. You're, you're saying that, you know, uh, we, we may understand fatherhood one way, but the way that we understand it may be wrong we may see our job to be, as being a leader of the household, as the wrong way of leadership. We may interpret our wins in the household as the wrong win of the household. We may interpret our role as father just completely wrong. What we may need to begin to see is that we're a follower of God, and as we follow Him, we're looking for His working in our home, where He's working, what He's doing, and we're being responsive to it so it's less about us winning and it's more about what god is doing and being responsive to him so that when we get down we don't get down on ourselves and over personalize what we interpret to be a loss, which in, actual, in actuality might be a win, like you're saying That's in right. your situation. That was really a huge win. So we need Make to interpret that. Yeah.
1: And we need to communicate that to them. I love the way pastor and author David Platt said this. It's on a video. Your guys can look it up. I'll, I'll misquote it just a little, but I'll catch the spirit of it. He said, listen, if you're teaching your son how to throw a ball or how to do great in school, and your son doesn't know how to read God's word you're failing as a dad Hmm. and then he said to the ladies he said ladies if you're teaching your daughter about how to look pretty and how to land a date and you're not teaching her about the characters of a godly woman in scripture you're failing as a mom and so what he wasn't trying to like lump it back on top of us and add more failure quite the opposite what he was saying is we get caught up in trying to teach them so many things get out of debt, how to change a car tire, how to tie a bow tie, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. When in reality, you got to teach them to love God, love God's word. And every dad listening can do that because God said he would help us to do that very thing.
0: Now, you've just made everything very tangible for me because I, I think you're dead on about this, that we we want to give our kids skills. We want them to be successful, but there's also what God is doing. And I think that's what Galatians 6, 9 is really pulling out here. It's saying, let's not become weary in doing good. You know, let's not live in self-defeat. We're, we're winners, man. If we're, we're Christians, we're winners. Christ has won for us. So we need to live like winners. Even as fathers, we live like winners. So we don't become weary in doing good because it's really Him that's reaping all this harvest We have to remain courageous and engaged in this process over time. And He's going to reveal all these things. And like you said, there in that moment, we become the teacher. We point it out is what we do. We point it out. We let God actually teach our kids what this looks like. And it's kind of almost sounds like a process of worrying less about our wins, right, on the field, uh, and more about catching God doing something incredible in exactly. their life and pointing it out. Man, you know, there's a harvest there, man.
1: I I run around in these ministry circles a lot with guys who say, I want to help dads become the hero for their children. Mm. And man, I'm telling you, if you're listening to me and you can hear my voice right now, that is a fool's chase and an unbiblical way to think about being a dad. It is too much pressure. You don't need to be their hero. What you need to do is point them to the hero. I am not the Alpha and Omega. I am not the sun, the moon, and the stars. Jesus Christ is, and that is his role. And if I'm heroic as a dad in anything, Mm -hmm. it is acting not like I'm the hero and letting my kids plug straight in to the saving grace knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's my job as a
0: dad. Yeah, there you go. And that, that relieves some of the tension, I think, Kent. Like, you know, this topic here, just Father staying with it, is is a topic that, that we need to stay with because there is a hero to the story. And guess what? We had to learn the hard way too, that we're not it. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm not the hero of my own story, Christ is. And we just got to keep pointing our kids to that hero. And you're right. I think we put undue pressure on ourselves because we misinterpret the game. Like you said today, we misinterpret how to score the game and we misinterpret that we are the hero of the game. And so with that, Ken, I just want to say thank you so much for making this podcast richer with your time and your investment. Thanks for being with us today.
1: My pleasure, bro. Thanks for having me. Keep up the great work, buddy.
0: Well, fellas, thanks for listening to the Resolute Podcast with me, Vince Miller. If you would ever like more information on this show or any of the other shows that we've produced, you can see all this at beresolute.org slash listen. That's beresolute.org slash listen. As you know, we are a 100% listener-supported ministry, and it's your dollars that help us to continue to provide podcasts just like this to men around the world. So thank you for that. Also, uh, if you want to give to the mission, all you got to do is hit that give button on our main page of our website at beresolute.org. And I would love it if you just even consider a a small gift, a gift of even just like a dollar a month. You think nothing of it, but I promise you, it makes an impact to men around the world. And I believe that we can build uh, build a world of better men for God's glory. So guys, with that, as I always say, Get off the bench, get into the game, and I'll see you right back here again next time on The Resolute Podcast.